All right. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, Melroseans around the world. I'm Tom Catalini. I'm Jen LeClaire. I'm Sam Hammer. And I'm Tom Shampoo. And this is Let's Talk Melrose. Melrose, a show where Melroseans talk to Melroseans no matter where they are in the world. We're internet and worldwide connected. <laughs> we are. Mel Melrose, Texas, wherever. <laughs> so shout out to Mr. T, Big Al, Turvalon down there in Houston, Texas. BT, how you doing? Thanks for tuning in. Now uh, they just have to listen the rest of the time. And not <laughs> I've been there when the shows happen. There's not much listening. Yeah, it's happen. funny. I talked to the data team and they said the attention spans are rather short, mm -hmm. which is why we got to have the sound Gold effects fish. and things to keep oh, them man. engaged. Yes. Keep, yeah. That's right. Yes. So we Sam, what's to, happening? We need a better class of audience is what we need. We need to elevate oh. the audience. Oh, you can't stop the show. <laughs> You can't start the show by insulting the audience. <laughs> oh my God! Attention span. That's all. Oh, well, a longer attention span. A pivot. We're gonna pivot to La Shanatova. Hey, yeah. sisters! Uh, happy New Year! Um, Shana, I had happy some Shana. apples and honey last night, and Yay. it just goes on and on. So, mm -hmm. Happy New Year! Um, yeah. And then next week is Yom Kippur, which makes, I don't understand how you celebrate a new year and then you repent for all the sins of the last year. It's totally reversed. Let's just switch it up. Yeah, that should right. be arranged. It should be, it should be, it should be switched. It should yeah. be flipped. Flip yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put, it, I'll put my memo in. Yeah. Let's talk to somebody about that. Let's talk to somebody about that. <laughs> Let's reschedule. I'll tell you, the thing I have to schedule is uh, it trash night shifted because of the holiday this week. So we had a nice long weekend. I'm enjoying myself. And then I realized I have to adjust my uh, personal routine. So those of you with the red bins, we're getting, uh, we're going to do the recycling and uh, trash this evening. So. But that yeah. happens every time there's a holiday. Like, it how does. long have you lived here? He's just catching on now. <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, good thing for me that I left all the trash in your neighborhood over the weekend. So. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think I think we got to get right on to the yeah. news. We got to dig in. There's a lot to talk about this week. <laughs> So, of course, it's the Labor Day weekend. We just wrapped up the unofficial end of summer, the, mm. uh, you know, the centerpiece of the back to school season uh, for, for kids of all ages. And we're getting into the, the fall weather. But let us not forget, it's also coming up this Saturday, the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks in New York City, the Pentagon. Mm. Uh, yeah. In, and, and also the plane crash Pennsylvania. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. just to really to think that that it's been 20 years is is quite astonishing. And the news uh, of, uh, you know, the controversial controversy around pulling out of Afghanistan. And we uh, had Steve Cazella, who's a, who's been a co-host and correspondent on the show who served in that war. So just a lot of a lot of mixed emotions um, yeah. around and, that. And really the, just kind of the profound change. It was a demarcation point for a lot of us uh, and, yeah. and hit people at different points of their lives. Yeah, and if I you think haven't read his piece, uh, Steve had a had an opinion piece in the in the Globe that was that was really good. Was really uh, this this past week, 
Um, about a week ago, I think. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I think. We should yeah. look for that. You look, look it up. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, we are having a solemn commemoration uh, this coming Saturday. It's 8.30 a.m. At, um, at, at Memorial Hall. It's an opportunity for Melrose to come together and reflect on the lives lost that day. Also, the first responders who put themselves in harm's way. And the services and sacrifices that our nation's veterans and active duty service members made over the past 20 years. So again, that's going to be an interfaith clergy association event at um, at, at Memorial Hall, and that's 8:30 on Saturday morning, the 11th. Is it outside? Inside? Outside? It's inside, and masks are required. Okay. okay. So they will be inside Memorial Hall, but please wear a mask. Yeah. Gotcha. Do, you, do you guys remember where you were? So I was, I, work, I was working in Boston at the time and I was in a building, I don't know, 10 or 12 floors up. And I remember eventually, you know, the news was coming and back in the day. We were internet connected, but it wasn't all this cell phone texting stuff uh, happening. And so it was it, it's just a you know different way to get the information. And I remember ultimately they decided to shut everything down in town and we walked down all those flights of stairs. Mm -hmm. wow. And I remember walking across Boston because I was even a little wigged out about like getting onto the T underground. Yeah. And I lived yeah. in Melrose at the time. So I was trying to make my way back. We had a uh, little kid, little babies at home and all of that. So I was trying to get home and I stopped and bought a uh, transistor radio that I kept for many years after that. And, you know, and then I was like holding up on the T and everybody was like kind of listening to the newscast. And it was just this, wow feeling of like what so is surreal. going on and yeah. just trying to understand and process mm -hmm. just even the basic information never mind like the, sort of the meaning behind it all mm -hmm. and all of that yeah, and then, in the moment the the what the the play by play of what was happening was like incredibly hard to wrap your head around yeah. And then the, the yeah. eerie thing in the early days uh when they were trying to figure out what was going on and lived in Melrose which is on the flight path uh and then there was 3 days of no planes I remember yeah that yeah, yeah sure. e e eerily quiet yeah, I, yeah, I was at work. Uh, my daughter was only a few months old at that, at that point. Same thing as you, Tom, um, having to get home from work. But I was in a car, so I drove. I was working out in Natick at the time. Um, but we had scheduled a work event like the next day or two days later. It was within a day or two after 9-11 um, on a Boston Harbor cruise, like to go to the islands and come back into the harbor. And we went still. It was weird. Wow. Mm. And so we were... We were on the ship, on the boat in the harbor, watching the the, the aircraft fly up and down the coast. The uh, military jets yeah. flying up and down the coast during the next day or two days. So I, I mean, everything about it was was obviously strange. It was really surreal. So um, Melrose, uh, uh, one of our viewers, yeah. Gail, yeah, Gail Sweet, uh, reminds us that, uh, that yeah. uh, Melrose resident Ray Rocha, he played uh, Melrose football, so his number is retired on the side of the building now at, right. at the high school now, and they commemorate him um, every year. So. Um, you know, every, everybody was was impacted and affected in in some way everywhere, no matter no matter where you were. Um, I, I and I heard this this interesting thing on on NPR the other day, uh, yesterday, I think. Um, we're you know we're it's twenty years out now, like we're about to enter like the third decade of this, right? Um, and we're in this kind of weird spot where we're sort of transitioning. This this is their words, not mine. We're sort of transitioning from our our collective memories to history. Like a lot of people will still, you know, remember just like you guys were just doing. Where were you? Da, 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 da. Um, but there's, you know, every every decade that passes, there's more people for whom this is just history in the books that they hear about or learn about or hear, you know, hear from their 
their elders, which will be us. <laughs> uh, but you know, like there's this transition from 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 remembrance and memory to to history, and and it's it's interesting to like kind of be in that moment. Um, it, right it's now. funny that you say that because from in my parents remembered uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, JFK, and JFK, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. so just like, just like what you guys said, do you remember where you were? Everybody asks that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's. I'll, I'm going to try to go. Um, and um, yeah, it's going to be. It's. It'll be an interesting event. Um, I think, as we mentioned, our friend, the friends that are that have served, and we're just very grateful that um, for those who did and those who gave their lives and those who have come back. And the Melrose Interfaith Clergy Association, they do a, these events, they really just put together a powerful event. So I know it'll be a special event on Saturday morning. Yeah, so. yeah. And then the day after that- Another powerful event. <laughs> weird, know, a different, powerful, powerful right? event of a different sort, <laughs> completely different sort, um, <laughs> the Victorian Fair is, hey. uh, is coming up on the, on the 12th. Um, we put in our show notes to, to go or not to go because the, the Victorian fair, you know, everybody I feel like was so excited and I hope it's a success. I really do. Our, our <laughs> Melrose, our local businesses have, have suffered so much and I know everybody wants to get out and be social and support our businesses. And I know Jen Manning, everyone, everyone at the chamber, um, has, is working really hard at this. There's, you know, artists and performers who are out there. It's a, it's one of, it's Melrose, it's probably Melrose's biggest event of, of the year. Lots of people go out. Um, but I think I think everybody was was uh, excited in, in you know the spring and in June, looking ahead to the fall and feeling like it was safe to plan events for the fall. Things were looking up, and now not so much. And so there will definitely be challenges to having that many people there, even though it's outside. It's going to be a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, I think the holiday weekend is going to be um, a, a moment to look back on. So a couple of weeks down the road to maybe a couple of months, they're going to look back and see if. Labor Day was like the 4th of July, which became a really super spreader event weekend. Yeah. So um, we'll have to wait and see if that happens. But if it does, you're right. Suddenly the fall becomes a different a different look for the state and for the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, right. poor uh, Victoria Fair. We'll see how that is on Sunday. Yeah, I'm hoping it uh, stays safe. I think outside is a key component. I don't know if they, we never asked Jen if they were making any particular adjustments with uh, the layout or the flow or anything like that, but at least it's outside. And, and it's funny because. I've got mixed feelings about the Victorian fair, whether there's a pandemic right, or not. Right. You know, so back yeah. in the day, um, yeah. I relive in a nightmare form every once in a while, trying to push the double wide stroller right. and right. get a piece of, you know, piece of cotton candy or whatever I was going for, which just a kind of crazy, uh, crowded, busy scene. Yeah. Um, but then it's nice as the kids get older, it's a place they can sort of move about on their own safely and kind of socialize. And Yeah, and but they can do that every day in Melrose. I think well, not down know, Main but, Street, but there's not so not much. Down. Well, not in the middle of the street, no. But yeah. well, then I have a love-hate relationship with the free stuff because you get yeah. frisbees and keychains and yeah, all this stuff, all and then I'm like, well, that. this is also fairly wasteful to the environment <laughs> yeah. and kind of stupid. But so humans, but we need this way to get together and connect and exchange, and it's good for the businesses. But it's not just businesses; it's all the community groups, right? And organizations right. and PTOs yeah. and. Yeah. Cub Scouts and all kinds of things. And it gives like in the Cub Scouts, which I was a part of for a while, gives them a chance to, you know, make lemonade and learn about business yeah. or, you know, and, and take on some leadership roles. But we do need a way to get together physically and 
connect share and right. it seems mm-hmm. to it seems to be reduced to like giving me free plastic stuff <laughs> that i don't need a lot of the times or, and that throwing, seems a silly. or throwing a pie at someone yeah. <laughs> or throwing a pie but as soon as you take it away there is something missing so yeah. i don't know maybe in the new world order we'll find some kind of way to optimize this and and uh and, and learn so i i hope it's successful and i hope uh, i hope we don't have uh you know, some kind of COVID events out of that. I think the, the vaccination rates in Melrose are pretty good. And most of the places I go, at least inside, I see people doing masks and things like that. So, uh, so we'll see. I don't know. We'll, we'll get a we'll full see. report. I think MMTV is going to be down there. Yeah. So. Oh, sure. So, so the vaccination rates are, are, are good, but we've said this before, don't forget. And it's, this is as evidenced in the, in the schools right now, we, everybody who's under 12 cannot be vaccinated right. and others. And that's, that's rearing it's, it's a, ugly head. It's, it's an important piece <laughs> to remember. You're right. For sure. So yes. let's talk about the school. So uh, I'm not directly in it anymore, but I've been following some threads online and, mm-hmm. and it seems like there's uh, there's some things happening and kind of uh, some confusion and concern. Yes. So I have kids in the school still. <laughs> also, and- I'm... Not Just for the next 20 years or so. <laughs> yeah, for a bit, for a, for a while longer. Sorry, Sam, <laughs> Sorry I know. to remind you. <laughs> Go ahead, Shampoo, what were you saying? I was just saying, also under the age of vaccination, right. so right. that's a that's a factor. Yes, yes, and we have to be mindful that we, although the adults in this house are vaccinated, we have adults who are susceptible that are not vaccinated. So we need to be a little. We need to be extra careful and take as few risks as possible. But yes, yeah, so yeah. Uh, we've already been in school two days. Um, we have a few cases already of students and um, like an ed station um, adult. And um, it was interesting because um, as the memo kind of went out last night, that's when things started on the thread. So yeah. my kids are at Lincoln. We love Lincoln. Yeah. Um, but I guess these two classrooms, there was a kindergarten and a second grade and the entire class quarantined um, at home. And um, then there was other schools that were chiming in at the Hoover and Roosevelt that also had cases. And it didn't seem like those classes were quarantining. They were just trying to fill out a Google form to see who was near these kids. Um, so it it was a little confusing as to why the protocols or policies were um, not similar. Um, so I unfortunately did some digging. And here is the back to school plan, which... Yep is thorough and you can get it. But then there's this part, I'll put in the DESE guidelines as well, the Department of Education. And I went into a rabbit hole here on, um, if you're near a case, I'll go ahead, Tom. I was gonna ask about where these guidelines, not the guidelines, where's the back to school plan? Where does that live? Um, I, it lives in Google. I don't know where it lives on the internet, but we get it emailed every once in a while. And I just got it tonight as again. So if Um, if somebody wanted to go on their own to try and find it, it's not going to be easy to find. But if they watch this show, they're going to get it. Right. I don't know. Google search. It is, it it is, it is emailed out to, to all the families who are enrolled in the, in the school system. But but you're right. If you, 
If you yeah. have to go back and find it, yeah, it's not easy. That's, that's yeah, exactly right. always that's we make we make this point all the time on this show. Exactly. Yes. Communication. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. One of the things that I noticed that it there I was specifically looking for the part that it talked about, you know, if there is a positive case in the school, what do you do? And if they're symptomatic, asymptomatic, close contact, not close mm -hmm. contact. There's a lot, there are a lot of variables in the DESI guidelines. So um I am relatively familiar with reading bureaucrat. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I this I don't know about how the classrooms are set up in any other school, but I do know at Lincoln, um, I was a little surprised by our kids' classroom where one, they are in a pod of four where their desks actually face each other hmm. in this little group of four. And another kid has a long table of 11, 10 or 11 per table and they're, facing each other at these tables. And these are unvaccinated kids who are masked, which is yeah. great. But um, it, it just, there are a few things that just kind of, there's a whole rant about lunch as well. Like, can't they sit yeah. in assigned seats? Where are they having lunch? Um, we just have a lot more questions than, than answers. And, you know, not only were the differences between the school policies or procedures kind of jarring, um, but also we figured we at the end of last year, mm -hmm. we had a relatively full class of unvaccinated kids at a time when COVID was still going, but mm -hmm. like there were some vaccinated adults, which is great. But we had we felt safer then. We had desks that were farther apart. We had a lot more outdoor activity. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we we kind of got this down. We had the testing in place and I know there's, who knows why testing hasn't started yet, but we had this down. Yeah. We were doing it. Right. We were sending our, all of our kids into right. school. Right. And then we come back this year and it seems like we maybe have gone a little bit too lax on some of the, some of the protocols that we had set up. Before yeah, maybe we, we were maybe we're too hopeful. Also, September is like the most beautiful month of the year. Like you know, extend the uh, September October. You know, extend the, those little outdoor classrooms with the with the logs and the canopies and all that kind of stuff. Yes, right. you know, as, as, as long as you can, just because it's good for you anyway. Like it's yes, nice to be out the there. There were no tents. Uh, tents okay. yeah, the tent is gone. The tents are all gone. Also raining the first days of school. So like things, oh, things are happening. <laughs> yeah, but this yeah yeah. Yeah, but, so, I mean, yeah. in those things, you but can't. When you help can, them. when you yeah, right, exactly, you can't help the weather. But when you can go outside, I mean, there are mostly beautiful days in in, in September, October, and and I think we talked about this before too. Like the, I I was struck by when I got first got that email with the with the back to school safety policies. Um, I I was I was impressed by how thorough it seemed. Like it's you know it seemed very well thought out and 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 very comprehensive. There was like more to it than I was willing to read frankly <laughs> um but um you know a policy like that or an implement uh, you know the, it, it's only as good as it's implemented so if there's discrepancies among the schools and people aren't aren't following it then you know it's just stuff on paper so i i hope i you know i hope i hope we can figure it out i really really feel uh in particular for the the kindergarten families um both the parents who this is this is already it's already heartbreaking and terrifying to send your your baby to to kindergarten um to to now have to to you know to worry about whether or not they're safe and then same for the kids too like it's it's scary to go to kindergarten for a lot of kids and um you know with the masks and everything it makes it a little funkier you know this is like pretty unusual but 
Um, you know, if you're if you're in class and then you're sent back home and you're in class and you're sent back home, that's that's particularly tough for the kindergarten kids who have never been to school. I, I really feel for those families. I do. My my kids in high school, so I feel like I have at least a, a little bit of an added layer. They're you know most of the kids are vaccinated there, so I, I feel a little bit more comfortable. But I, I do feel for those families. I really do. Yeah, must be hard. It just, just the threads I were I was following just seemed like people were surprised that it didn't feel well prepared or that there was a solid plan. So like you're saying, you're throwing around ideas about the outside or whatever. Like, so if you even want to entertain those options, you got to have a tent. What do you do if it rains? You mm -hmm. know, what do we do? Like Sam saying, what do we do if there's a positive case? Somebody was like, you know, just lamenting doing contact tracing after the fact with kids who are like nine years old, trying to remember who, where, who they crossed right. with right. that, that day just kind of doesn't make sense. And the, the whole thing about quarantining somebody who tests positive, but not the close contacts doesn't make any sense to me based on everything I've read and heard about this Delta variant. So it just, it just seems like there's a lot of confusion and a lot of, you know, angst. Yeah. And I think you're in the larger context I thought the pandemic was over for a couple of months <laughs> and totally changed everything. Really they close, told us they close to back to normal, but yeah. it just, it sort of really seemed like you could believe that. And now it's shifting. And I find in a lot of places, it's confusing, yeah. you know, yeah. so you go to one place of business or maybe where you work and they mandate masks or something, or some, some places are thinking about or they are mandating vaccinations i travel around you know from store to store if you go into one store everybody's wearing masks if you go in another place nobody's wearing masks some places staffs are and i think we don't know what to do and i think we mm -hmm. lost the script a little bit on yeah. the hierarchy of what's you know what's important and what's what's important what's effective to stay safe and this this weird I don't know. I'm a little worried that there's a little bit uh, too much comfort and confidence in things. And then if you lose control of it, it's it's you're not yeah. going to get it back too easily. Well, there's well, there's pandemic fatigue for sure. And and I think, yeah, there was this glimmer of, of optimism. It felt like we were out of it, like right at the right time too, like right as everybody was getting out for summertime, everybody's getting vaccinated. The 12 year old kids were getting vaccinated right at the end of the school year. Like the future was bright. But this, but we're we're we are just not smart creatures because the scientists and the experts have been telling us this entire time that there'll be another surge in the fall. And we were just like, yeah, 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 okay, <laughs> like yeah, but <laughs> so I don't know. Well, uh, breakthrough cases we didn't really anticipate or believe. Right. You know, but I mean, I'm sure the scientists yeah. knew this this stuff. They but. did, but here's the thing about breakthrough cases too. Like, like breakthrough is not a good like that's not a good way to describe it. I think because it's like the flu vaccine. Like, it doesn't mean being vaccinated doesn't mean you are not going to get it. It just means that if you get it, you are not going to die. So it's not like it's not like a breakthrough case like oh the vaccine didn't work for me. Actually, yeah, the vaccines are working because if I get it, I'm like still going to be okay. So it's a, it's I don't like the I don't like the term breakthrough because and it's not your fault, but like I just I I just think it <laughs> but don't but ever say it does, that again. <laughs> it it does it is significant in terms of spread, right? Yeah. So if yeah. I get it and I'm not going to die for it, I'm still right, uh, right. walking around spreading it around. Right, so. right. Uh, Pete Checkin says, backs up, mask up. And that's yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So right, bef right before here, I was, you know, we're Hi, talking, <laughs> um, I was talking with one of my kids and, you know, I was like, do you wear a mask at recess when you go outside? And it's optional, which is great outside. I like it. Yeah. yeah. But then I'm like, well, 
you can still get spit on outside. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sitting here Googling like how safe are playgrounds with crowded kids where there's lots of kids all over each other, which is how it is. Um, And you still, they, they're like, just wear a mask. And I, we're close. We are getting really close, but I feel like we, if we stuck with, could we stick with the protocols where we left off? Um, the variant is much more contagious than where we left off last summer. Can we, I, and then yes, and the communication and nobody knows. I was talking to our neighbor who's a doctor and she's like, I don't even know what to tell people. Um, so, well, you know, I mean, that sounds nice, but it's probably more important that the ventilation system in the school is up to snuff and doing the air circulation according to whatever it is that prevents COVID. You know, like I, these are the things I've learned about the disease. Like there's this hierarchy of intervention strategies. And so vaccination is like number one, but the airflow. So outside, you know, sure, it's always better to wear a mask, I suppose, but there's probably other things adding to the risk profile that you don't know. Like, you know, so the high school, thank goodness, those kids are able to be vaccinated because there's a lot of windowless rooms in there, yeah. a lot of like weird yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like those things. I feel like um, that's where I feel like as a society, even though we're doing mask mandates and things, we may not quite have it right because is that really the the? It's a visible, convenient thing to go to, and I'm not against that. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm not sure that is there a false sense of security? I wonder with yeah. some of those things. There's a lot of talk last year too, if, if, if you remember that they were looking at the time of exposure, the length of time that somebody was inside a building or inside a room with somebody else. Oh so yeah, that's right. I remember if that. you were in a room for 15 minutes or more, then you're much more likely to be exposed to the virus. If you're there for a minute and then left, then you're less, much less likely. So I think the same thing- In and out. Yeah, in and out. Exactly. In and out. The only thing is, the only thing is that <laughs> protocol is based on the early stages of the pandemic, and that well, it's not right. necessarily true for the Delta variant. That's what yeah, I was, gonna, right. I was getting at. We don't know what that means for for now, but there's a difference between the indoor and the outdoor exposure. I think yeah, yeah. To, to Tom's point about air circulation and all of that. Um, yeah. But yep. we don't know. We're, it's, it's all an unknown. We have to wait and find out. Uh, I, yeah, I just week. hope we had this early jolt of you know coming back to school from wherever vacations were the yeah. week before yeah and we have some case uh, we knew something was going to happen we have some cases going i just hope that it just levels off a little bit um and we just kind of get back to again back to business yeah yeah so back, yeah not to eat the, the the rain on your parade but the but the 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 curves are looking up not flat so that's not that's not good news and then apparently I'm just trying us, to be optimistic i know yeah. those of us hoping to be well there. we can we know what to do so and then apparently after a delta uptick he returns to a baseline that's higher than the previous baseline so there's like so another epidemiologist i listened to is like there's 80 million or so, whatever the number is high number of unvaccinated uh, people in the country and that's just a lot of wood for the pandemic fire so i think the thing's not over until everybody gets vaccinated or the virus and there's no place else left and to, i hope there's a responsible spreading. adult around that fire that's right, <laughs> right. um we have a okay. we have a question in around federal funds and so mm-hmm. on um excellent question mm-hmm. just going to point it out um yeah. it would be nice if we we should get some folks back in to talk about what those funds um will be spent on yeah 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 right and we should be doing that now so now, uh, yeah now. we, we hope- <laughs> 
we do, uh, yeah, we do hope to have uh, the superintendent and the mayor on future shows to talk about this. This is you know, a situation where this is kind of the hot topic this week, but it will be yeah. kind of ongoing. And it really with the fall and winter approaching, like what is the yeah. plan? And yeah. people are yeah. moving about freely. So you can have your kid wear a mask and, and be uh, under strict rules at the school all day. I don't know what happens when you go to education station or if you go to another caregiver mm -hmm. or uh, what your family's doing at home or, you know, it's it's you know, if you're not in lockdown mode, there's a lot of variables and I'm not at all advocating we go back to uh, a lockdown right. mode. Right. I'm just saying right. uh, it's, a, it's a complex situation. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, well, we'll just continue to be kind and hope for the best and there you go. Stay max masked up. Um, maybe maybe no victoria fair for us this year um but with all that said back to the federal funds um we there was uh an article out in the berkshire times about the arts and cultural community out in pittsfield um that were, had banded together to well they were banded together um <laughs> to request from the mayor's office or from city hall some funding to go towards cultural and arts organizations for marketing for staffing for operation stabilization um and they were doing you know outreach the the mayor's office had done outreach to the community and gotten a lot of feedback on things that the community wanted to see um and so with all that said grants are now open for the melrose cultural council that's right um, <laughs> that was a strange pivot, but we got there. We got there eventually. Um, yeah, so there, there's actually two kind of main, I mean, there's there's more, but there's kind of two main sources of funding for arts and culture in Melrose. It's the Melrose Cultural Council, which is the local affiliate of the Massachusetts State Cultural Council. Um, and then the, the city uh, has the Messina Fund for the Art, the Melrose Messina Fund for the Arts, which is basically like the city's line item for arts and culture in the in the budget. So um, we are uh, trying to work together a little bit more, those two organizations. I'm on the Cultural Council, not the other one. And um, so yeah, the grant cycle for the Melrose Cultural Council is open. Check it out on melroseculture.org. Um, we are also having event an event uh, on the 18th called Pitch Perfect, um, which will answer questions about the grant cycle and the funding and kind of the basics of what of what you need to know. Uh, it's open to the community, nonprofits or individuals. You do not need to be a nonprofit to apply for funding. You just need a creative idea. Um, the Cultural Council does not fund things 100%, so you do need to have kind of other funding partners. Um, but we're there. This event is to is to kind of help people network, um, help people find additional resources, uh, project partners, perhaps um, navigate some of the kind of you know city permitting or whatever other questions there are. Um, so we just want to want people to come and, and share ideas. That's on the 18th from nine to eleven. It's um, at the at the under the tent behind tapas, so it's outdoors and safe. Uh, we'll have some coffee. Um, so come share share your ideas and ask questions about the about arts and cultural funding uh, in Melrose. What kind of coffee are you gonna have at the from uh, La Cuchara? And Why? you have uh, oh is there oat milk? I'm just curious. Oh I'm working on my pitch. We I have, see. Oh I see. We have, we have a <laughs> oh question. that's right. <laughs> yeah. We have a what question. Was the question? Exactly. We have a question here from uh, Pete checking about the deadline for the applications. Uh, for so yeah, so for the Melrose Culture for the Melrose Cultural Council, it's October 15th. Um, and for the Messina Fund, it's a little, it's within the within the fiscal year, but it's a little bit more on a on a, a rolling basis, that one. So there, it's a little bit different. They're a little bit pitch, different. We're kind of, 
Pitch Perfect, yeah. Great That's movie, also by the way. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we should do a cappella sing off at some point. Yes. I I digress. I think you should pitch that. Uh, they would go. Yeah, yeah, really? It's not coming together. LTMM acapella so, pitch perfect sing off. So we have a lot of obviously there's a lot of talk about beer gardens and such, but what if yeah. somebody can't be there in person to pitch? They should just fill out an, a, yeah. an application. Yeah, the, yeah. So the application. So so a couple couple different uh, recommendations to start is there are a specific set of guidelines laid out by the state. So you should make sure that you understand the guidelines. And there's some pretty key things like these grants are reimbursable. That's something that re people really need to know. Like you need to be able to get your project launched and then you are reimbursed once your project is completed. That's important. Um, so those guidelines are, are are online. You can make sure kind of your your project idea falls within that. The Cultural Council also um, surveys the community every year to, uh, we're required to survey the community to, to help set our list of priorities. So our list of kind of- What's the number one priority? Diversity, equity, access, and inclusion is one nice. is like one of the main things. Um, broad, a broad reach. So- Broadway? Did you broad, say Broadway? Broadway. <laughs> Broadway, no, <laughs> if you like, um, a broad reach, you know, something that something that um, is accessible to like a, a j big chunk of the of the community. Um, so, you know, stuff like that. So check out so check out the, the official guidelines, check out the priorities and then check out the application. We also always That's a lot of checking out. Jen. Well, you just want to make sure That's you got it buttoned up like you got to do your home. You got to do this your is, homework. That's the filter. That's the you filter. Gotta, you you got to jump through yeah. these hoops to get the you money. Got, you got to do your homework. But but also we also welcome like um, uh, the the uh, the committee will will help answer questions. So if you have questions, like just email the, the cultural council. And so I might also go to Pitch Perfect just to mix and mingle and find other people and get yeah. some help yes. to, to right. cultivate, right? Because it, right. it, it does sound a little intimidating. If yeah, I've so never even done if, anything right. to fill out this form and have read all these documents yeah. and try and you know do that. So you can go and get become part of the active group who's trying yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Out. And even and even if you, you know, if your idea even if you're just looking for ideas or looking for creative project partners, if your idea is not ready for this year, it, you know, we're hoping it's a good networking event uh, also. Um, there, there are be, also go, go there ahead. Be, um, is there electricity for PowerPoint presentations or I, should I, I bring my Bluetooth speaker? <laughs> I, I'm still working on the, the AV, which is not my strong suit. We were originally going to, again, because of COVID safety, we were originally going to have it inside where we would have access to smart TVs and um, kind of technology and stuff like that. So now we're outside for safety and I'm still trying to figure out how what we can show and how we can accommodate stuff like that. So we are working on that. I do not know the answer to your question. I mean, it takes yet. the pressure off, but yeah. um, <laughs> I don't want to not have well, a PowerPoint it, if other people are having PowerPoint. It, well, if we don't, if we don't, you're just going to have to do interpretive dance. That's okay. all. <laughs> but I not, not a problem. Act, you're going to have to act it out in a three-part play. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, yes, uh, it is. It is Shark Tank style. That was the original idea. Was Shark Shark Tank for the arts? That's the that's the sub tagline. Oh my God! Are the judges going to be jerks? Like what? Are, what should we expect? I'm going to be Miss Ms. Wonderful. 
Yeah, the so idea yeah. was great, yeah. but it's actually terrible. Actually, we yeah, we're not. Actually, we'll yeah, sounds amazing, and we're so not doing that. <laughs> no, it is. This is this is friendly. All all creative ideas are are welcome. And I'll also say too, there are, there are also four open seats currently on the cultural council. So if you're interested in these kinds of kinds of things, and you want to help further the care and stewardship of our arts and cultural assets and experiences in Melrose, um, please do consider looking into that as well. Um, September before uh, email us or, or submit, you know, uh, re reach out to um, the council chair, Jason Webb, um, before September 22nd would be great because we're reviewing applications on a rolling basis and our next meeting is September 22nd. So we will look at whoever we have so far at that point. So, um, so yeah, come oh check it out. Gosh. We're totally fun at parties too, just saying. Um, <laughs> the artsy crowd. The yeah, crowd is right. Could you imagine if the four of us, well, Jen's already on it, but if, if we stacked the deck with the three of us, maybe plus Linda Apple, how yeah. what that, crew? Oh my god, that's how you make change, my friends. You just right. meetings would last like three hours long, yeah. bottles of wine everywhere. Mayhem, you would have accomplished nothing by the end. Yeah. No, it'll be super creative and fun, anyway. Yeah, all right, let's do it. Okay, okay well. So, all thanks right. For, thanks for the opportunity to talk about that. Oh, and, always. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. So and with then, that, I'll see you at Pitch Perfect. Oh, is there something else? What else? Nope. Yeah, I was going to say that if then and then Porch Fest the next week. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. Busy right. season. September is the, the month of fun stuff, apparently. So yes. awesome. So we'll see you at Pitch Perfect. We'll see you at Porch Fest. And we will see you around town. Oh.